You're listening to the ESP, the European Skeptics Podcast, an independent weekly show in support of European-level actions within the skeptical movement. The ESP is run by individuals representing different skeptical groups from across the continent. This is episode 124. I'm your host, Andras Pinter, and joining me for the show are my co-hosts, Jelan Levin and Pontus Böckmann. Sziasztok! Всем привет! Hey, Sam! Hey, Sam! Hey, hey! Hello! Hello! Warm welcome from Leeds, UK. Leeds? So you're yeah. in Leeds now? Yeah, I am in Leeds. You should learn how to stay put. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's not going to happen, in my profession at least. No, I guess not. <laughs> That's what, not what, what they pay me for. Hmm. Yeah, so I'm constantly on the go. This is the season again, so it's going to happen a million times. But a couple of days ago, I met up with Brian. Brian Ego. Brian! Yeah, yeah, I saw that on Facebook. He was kind enough to drive to um, Falkirk, which is between Edinburgh and Glasgow. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Brilliant. So, yeah. yeah. He jumped in the car yeah. and came to visit me. Ah. We had a very nice good, chat. Very good of, of him. Good. Good. Very nice. Thanks for the support. How is he? He's getting old. <laughs> that's not that's what? not a nice thing to say after the support. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, that's no, no, no. something we all aspire to yeah, become, yeah. but exactly, exactly, don't really want to be. Yeah. It was really great seeing him. So uh, thanks, Brian, mm. for coming over. And yeah, it was a long night. We had a long chat, but it was it was really good. Mm, good, 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 good. Too bad I couldn't meet up with uh, with the the other guys. I I contacted them, both of whom we've had on the show in Edinburgh. Yeah, in Edinburgh. Mark yeah. Mark Pentler was busy, mm. and um, Sean Slater. He was in Italy, and earlier on, about a week earlier, I had posted a photo from Italy, from Sicily, and then he goes, "Yeah, I'm gonna be there next week." <laughs> and, I, and I go, yeah, that's funny because I'm gonna be in your city next week. <laughs> so, that's that's bad planning. That's just bad planning. Yeah, it is. It yeah. is. It is terrible planning. So uh, next time, next next time, I'm gonna be a bit better in uh, organizing it. Yeah, sure. I hope. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is what I love about traveling around. That I have the opportunity to meet up with people. Yeah. Can't wait to see the the uh, um, Canadian guys again. So, how, how have you been? Very well, thank you. Very well. Uh, I'd like to say something to the listeners, because we, of course, talk about QED a lot, and and, uh, mm-hmm. and a lot of our listeners are going there to see the SGU guys in, in October, the Skeptics Guide to the Universe podcast stuff. That's not why they're going. They're going because we are going to be there. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. they're coming there to see us. That's true. Exactly. But I was looking forward to getting my book signed because they're, they are publishing a book. It's going to be released on the 2nd of October and I pre-ordered it on Amazon. <gasps> and today I got a message from Amazon that my order was cancelled. What? Oy, oy, oy. So I got in contact with Jay Novella directly. said, what's going on? Are you not releasing the book? What's going on? But then we figured out that uh, he came back to me. But then we figured out that it's probably that I ordered it from the US Amazon. So now I reordered it from the UK Amazon. 
so there's no, you know, if anybody had the same experience that your order was cancelled, I can assure you the book is coming out and you probably need to order it from either Amazon Germany or Amazon UK if you're in Europe. Okay, that's a good advice. Mm-hmm. And uh, since I bought Massimo Polidoro's book, uh, this is going to be the first book that uh, I buy as a hard copy. Mm-hmm. Ever? No, 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 no. But for a <laughs> long time, mean? for a long time, for a long because time, I tend, yeah. I tend, you know, especially when you're on the go all the time, and uh, I've I've moved a, like a million times, and what what I hate the most about moving is books. having to drag drag your your books around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the time, and I've got plenty right. of them. So no, I usually I read a lot on my uh, Kindle as well. So mm-hmm, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, yeah. But uh, I, you know, I didn't want. I wanted something that they could sign uh, when they get there. In, exactly, in, you in don't Manchester. want your Kindle signed. Yeah. <laughs> well, I could get the. Yeah, I could do that. Actually, that would be fine. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> as long as they do it on the back and not on the front side, because it'll be very hard to read the books afterwards. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and how are you, Yelena? Yeah, good. Um, I've been reading something this week when I was looking for some news items. And then I came across some articles about the government involvement in uh, in the diet. And I was going to run it past you guys, because there's a poll online asking, should the government have a say in our diets? And there's a strong... No, 71% of votes saying no, <laughs> and then 29 saying yes. But um, you know how um, in UK certainly, and I'm sure in other European countries now, now the, all the cigarettes are being closed off. In, when you want to buy them, you have to ask for them over the counter. You can't even see them displayed anymore. And then every cigarette pack has got like a picture of cancer or something. So that was a decision made by the government, and that was kind of the involvement that resulted, I think, in a positive um, trajectory mm-hmm. of quitting smoking. So why can't the government make some changes in terms of food? Um, for example, taxing, you know, sugary drinks, etc. Yeah. And I mm. think it's a good idea. But obviously... As long as it's science-based. That's it. I mean, there is a lot of controversy. We talked about artificial yeah. sweetness last time. That's fine, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I think there, there is now... Uh, some of the evidence uh, is undisputable about um, some of the sugar products that um, do harm. But I think a lot of the people, and the reason why this poll was showing such a big percentage, I think a lot of the people see it as a issue of the uh, freedom of speech or something like that. Mm-hmm. Freedom of, mm-hmm. you know, like a de- democracy. Right. But it's not. I don't see it as, as that at all. I think the government can tax um, food items that are harmful to try to pre- pre- prevent people from consuming more of it yeah they, and uh, i think alcohol alcohol is now going up in yeah. price the, the question is does it work because uh, i think you uh, a lot of the time people just pay the taxes and they still consume the same thing i think it does work i mean uh, i'm thinking about this example of the cigarettes so smoking decreased certainly in england but i think they've made so many changes here it wasn't just about taxing them exactly uh, you don't know why now yeah. and exactly. the picture uh, but it was also like banning people from smoking inside so there was several steps that were taken. I mean, they all obviously resulted in ah. the right trajectory. And it would be nice to be absolutely sure that when they tax something, some kind of product on that basis, then the extra tax income will go 
to projects and programs that tackle that issue, right? Mm, so well, that would be ideal. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it works like that. <laughs> yeah. But also it kind of raises the bigger question, why do we choose unhealthy options when we know? I mean, we are all educated about healthy choices in our in life and food, but we still choose... Not all of us, I'm afraid. Well, okay, I'm, I'm going to talk for myself and the people I know. Yeah. Or majority of people I know, but we still, you know, I do that all the time. Yeah. Because probably that is something that should be taught at school as well but it's not necessarily part of the curriculum in every country but i mean i know for sure that in my country it is not mm. but even if it is and even if it, you are aware i think a lot of people do against better judgment or their own better knowledge that's exactly that's exactly what i'm talking about yeah I, I'm, oh yeah just think about think about um, uh, uh, cigarettes and smoking right yeah <laughs> yeah no and it's because i think it's a lot of it is pretty simply down to the situation of short-term pleasure <laughs> pleasure versus yeah. long-term gain. Yeah. And we have, yeah. as a species or as animals, yeah. we are very, very bad <laughs> at, at making the yeah. right decision. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, it was something that I was, I've been thinking this week. It's an interesting topic to think about uh, because it's obviously food. We, we need it. <laughs> we, yeah. we eat every day. But um, a lot of the time when you pick up that extra biscuit or donut or whatever you know it's not good for you but you still do it you know or extra drink think about chocolate for example mm. who can say no to a bar of chocolate when it's really good it's so hard isn't it i i <laughs> i don't i don't eat chocolate actually good for you good yeah. for you uh, yeah i've just stopped i i, I enjoy it but then i said what yeah. Fuck it. So I haven't done that for for years. There is a certain withdrawal period with chocolates. You stop <laughs> yeah. you stop eating it. You're craving it for about a week or two, and after that, you're not bothered anymore. Yeah. And it's two weeks two for weeks, me. Yeah. Yeah. And it's 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 a strong indication of how much it, it you know the, the, it obviously stimulates the pleasure centers in your brain. It's it's mm. pretty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So this is not, uh, cool. you know, everybody listening to the show, please continue to stimulate your pleasure centers, <laughs> but do it sensibly, right? That, that's, a, yeah. that's my advice. Yeah. That, that should be the tagline for this show. Is please continue to stimulate your pleasure centers. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. yeah, it's always just um, a matter of quantity and yeah, and how, how much you get some. Well, but this is the problem, isn't it, with us humans? Uh, we... We don't know how to stop. Exactly, like exactly. Mm -hmm. Oh, when you mentioned diet and legislation and then the government and diet, yeah, I thought that the but but they do have to be involved with diet because diet is in some countries it's what the legislative assembly is called. What is it? Did you not no, know that? No, 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 no. Why? Why? Is, is, that, is, is that abbreviation? No, no. A diet. I remember when I first heard it for Hungary, I was really surprised that in historical times, and not not very long ago, it was called a diet. And then I found out that it, it was in other countries as well. Some other countries huh. call their legislative assemblies diet. Yeah. Never heard that. No, neither <laughs> have I. <laughs> All this uh, useless information you're carrying around. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's it's good when you're a tour guide because you can. Uh, That's true. You can show off with all those. Yeah, you can also fill up the empty or awkward yeah, pauses yeah, with, yeah, with you don't random have information. To say, you, you don't have proper information <laughs> the, about the stuff. Silences. You just. Yeah. Well, did you know that diet actually means? <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, actually, it does happen to me very often. Not not like that, but when I when I start explaining something. And my mind just keeps firing, and uh, I constantly deviate from the original topic that I was talking about. <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't necessarily envy those people traveling with me then. No. But it happens all the time, so... Speaking of uh, diverting from the topic, maybe we should get on with the show. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> did, I, did I provide you with a very nice segue or not? Yeah, well, very well. Uh, very very good. well done, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I totally agree with Pontus that we should probably uh, crack on with this show. So, why don't we start with the first segment that is called This Week in Skepticism, and it's presented by Yelena, as always. I want to talk about somebody who actually was born. 19th of May, 1962, a person called Colin Fry, who was an English television personality, entertainer, and a self-proclaimed medium. So he, he actually died not so long ago, uh, three years ago in 2015 from cancer, but uh, he has been well known uh, in British TV and he uh, was part of the television programs such as Most Haunted, uh, Psychic Private Eyes and Sixth Sense with Colin Fry. Um, he also uh, have toured the country and organized seances and uh, claimed to have contact with um, the other side and the, the deceased, uh, all the usual things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he actually been active for over 30 years. Uh, uh, and um, just because I wasn't, you know, living in this country for that long I I wasn't aware of him but I'm sure a lot of people who are native to uh, UK will will know very well who he was so apparently he first discovered his uh, psychic abilities at the age of four when he told his grandfather that his mother had died and gone to heaven (laughs) at the age of four yeah and then he his grandfather received a telegram the following day confirming that she had indeed passed on. Mm. So it was it was a, a, some, a, some sort of a sign for him to, to know that he had special abilities. Um, what others did not hear or see or, t- or feel, that was his reality. And um, by the age of 17, he was demonstrating his psychic abilities in local spiritualist churches. However, his career um, wasn't all spotless and he of course was part of uh, several controversies. One controversy took place during the seance where he claimed that there was um, a spirit present in the seance, it was a dark room, but then unfortunately the lights gone on during the seance <laughs> unexpectedly. He didn't see that coming then. No, 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 and he was <laughs> spotted, he, uh, allegedly he was supposed to be tied to a chair and there was, it, it's called the trumpet incident anyway, and the trumpet was supposedly levitating above him, uh, held by this so-called spirit but when the lights gone on the audience discovered that he actually was bond, bond free and was holding a trap in his in his own hand. Surprise, surprise! <laughs> Imagine that. Um, so, and what then, happened after that? Well, uh, well, did they get violent or anything? No, no. It's been covered in, in, in it's been covered in psychic news. Apparently, there's such a thing as psychic news, and actually, he, he was condemned for it, you know, by psychic news. But he carried on with his career as. Normal, I can imagine that they probably wouldn't uh, make such a big difference. <laughs> but then later on, if you remember, we had Haley, 
who has got a blog, Haley's a Ghost, on our show. Uh, she posts, she has a blog about him as well, talking about another incident which just illustrates what tools these kind of mediums use. He has read about a, a case of a widower um, online and collected some information about um, a man called Cecil Kershaw. And um, later on, Cecil met him during his seance and he claimed to have had contact with his wife. Previously collected information about her, he was able to create this illusion. And it was just a, not a very nice thing to do, somewhat preying on a poor man who was obviously grieving. But not surprising, because a lot of what the so-called mediums claim to do, they it's, it's all based on cold reading anyway. Nevertheless, he had a massive following, and um, yeah. I guess it's, you know, just another uh, example of, uh, of somebody who was so big uh, for such a long time and popular within yeah. certain communities. Yeah, we had a, a so-called medium who was uh, caught uh, cheating as well a couple of years ago. And, you know, the, the, the excuse was that, no, it normally works, but sometimes you have to help the spirits. Oh, of course, yeah. You and have that's, to you, help you know, the spirits. Yes, and you get and they get away with it. That's it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, and uh, if you remember a massive uh, controversy around, is it American uh, uh, evangelist Popov? Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. You know, he's he's been he's been through several controversies and um, still alive and kicking. Amazing, Randy was trying to de debunk him for years. Yeah, and yeah. Years just and come years. back, unsinkable rubber ducks. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you yeah. know, one or two controversies like what Colin Fry had in his lifetime yeah. w would have been dismissed, like meh, because believers will still believe. They don't yeah. care. Yeah, it's and just it one yet another example of how strong a belief system can be and whatever you see you will you will not change that because because your belief system is much stronger than that yeah and but you I don't want to you don't want to admit that you're wrong either mm. exactly uh, but i also think people like colin fry who are given platform on national television are obviously then been validated by this and people mm -hmm. who think oh if he's on telly that must be something you know yeah, uh, will make the matters worse. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to comment on was what you said about this man who who whose wife had deceased, and he yeah. he said he had talked to her, etc. This is not harmless. This is not. Uh, this is like, very, so This it, is not it, for it, fun. It, it, or yeah, it, it's yeah. it's you know it's yeah. taking advantage and and or, and on hurting them. people who are in grief. Yeah. And uh, it shouldn't be really. It shouldn't be allowed. No. It's it, it's very. I was going to say mean, but look, we don't know what, what, what his drive was. And I don't, sometimes people say, well, mediums don't mean uh, anything bad about it. They try to help people. But actually, do they really help them? I think they, they hurt them more than help them, you know. It doesn't matter if they think they're doing a good thing or not. The fact is that they are hurting people. So, yeah. So that, that, yeah. And with a medium, I don't bite for a moment that they are doing this in, in absolute good faith. Because with a dowser, for example, I can accept that they are self deluded. Yeah. Self deluded. Mm. And they genuinely think that they can find water under under the ground yeah but with a psychic i'm no i cannot buy that if you if you have to cut yourself loose uh and handle a trumpet in the dark you, you know you yeah. can't do you can't do that in good faith that's cheating 
absolutely not it's you you know exactly what you're doing <laughs> yeah, yeah. and you know exactly yeah. that you're cheating but you need to help the spirits and that is just absolutely pure evil it's yeah. nothing nothing more so fuck him yeah 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 and you know it's interesting he he had no problem apparently speaking to the dead but now since he he's dead he hasn't been speaking to us so i wonder if it only worked one way there might be a couple of mediums who who, who can talk, talk to, him. to him yeah, yeah may, maybe I'm sure there will be a... (laughs) (laughs) So if any of you out there, dear listeners, can talk to Colin Fry or uh, know someone who can, please let us know. Let us know. We would like like to have Colin Fry on the show. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We'll interview him. That's great. How cool would that be? That would be great. And we will change our minds immediately if he can fix that for us. Exactly. As good skeptics would do. Hmm. All right. Thanks very much, Elena. Okay. Let's move on to discussing a couple of news items, of which we have plenty today. So let's crack on with them. Guys, you are familiar with a full fact, right? It's a British charity. Oh, no, we no. That is know. based in London, and, and they do fact-checking. And uh, they, they've been operating since 2009, and, and I think there are 11 people working for them right now. So that's a pretty cool stuff that they do. And um, they recently conducted a survey. It's a self-selecting kind of survey, but it was mixed with a representative uh, survey conducted in the UK and also mixed with a couple of uh, interviews. I think uh, nine interviews were conducted. So what they tried to find out is firstly, what percentage of the British public knows about full fact? Uh, the other thing is a couple of um, different demographic uh, kind of relations to to full fact and why people are using their uh, services. So some of the, the, the research was conducted by Google Analytics and uh, using uh, the website's Google Analytics data. And uh, that was combined with the survey and that, that, um, and, and that kind of stuff. The survey, the self-selecting survey, was completed by 2,053 individuals, which is quite good, I think, mm. uh, for a self-selecting survey. Because I don't know, just a lot of people just don't bother. It's, uh, I'm not going to go into detail, uh, a, a lot of details about uh, how it was done, but some of the results are very interesting. Uh, first of all, only 3% of the British public have heard of them, even though many of former surveys of similar kinds showed that most of the British public feel that there is a need for fact-checking organizations and fact-checking services. So I would say the 3% is not very high. So um, guys, you, you have a lot to do in terms of uh, self-marketing. And the other thing is uh, that why people find or use uh, full fact. And uh, most of them, 78%, uh, would like to fact check what mm. politicians say. That's a, that's a, that's a full time job there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. 78%. And uh, 70% just want to uh, find impartial factual information. And uh, 44% want to see or fact-check what journalists say. There is something to bear in mind. This is not a representative survey. So it would, because of it having been self-selecting. But, uh, so what they, the, the readers were conf- uh, concerned about 
was mostly uh, political campaigns, 84%. Um, 81% were um, concerned about newspapers and information uh, found in newspapers. MPs, 79%. And what they found in social media, 78%. That shows what I've just said, uh, I think shows a lot about what people are critical about and what they think is not necessarily factual when they hear them on the news uh, or or on um, social media. So I don't find it very surprising that people don't necessarily by what politicians say and they want to fact check them it should be done on a more wild, wider scale i i should say and uh, it's a bit surprising that uh, journalists and what journalists say uh, only concerns uh, about 44% of the respondents i would have said that it's it it it's uh, much higher but uh, that's what the numbers show mm. i think it would be nice to have representative data as well regarding the whole society regarding um, a, a large-scale societal uh, kind of survey but um, I I suppose that the, the, the reason why we don't have that is uh, because it's a much more difficult task that has a lot of financial implications as well but full fact keeps going and I'm very happy that they are out there and uh, wish them all the success in the future. This is from our friends at Concept, our Portuguese skeptics. They have a book about vaccines called The Truth and the Lies of Vaccines. It's been published recently after the outbreak of measles that killed a, a teenager, uh, apparently. and in, Well, I think an outbreak of measles killed more than one teenager, but this particular book was published under the, under, after this particular case. Mm. where it explores half of the recorded cases and it finds that they were often vaccinated people. Uh, the truth in the, in the vaccine's lies is a response to the disinformation and myths that still persist on this issue. And we talk about it all the time, don't we? I mean, Pontus mm-hmm. has covered it several times. Um, I've, I've, I, I will come back to it later yeah, on in the yeah. show. So the, <laughs> it's a very timely book. Yeah, it's only available in Portuguese, I believe. Yes, for now that is at the moment. I wonder if 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 they will be trying to translate it into English and maybe market it on in other channels. But at the moment it is, and this book is mainly aimed at parents who want to clarify, who want to understand um, the wh- what's the truth and what's the lies about vaccines, how to sort between the two, um, maybe answer some of their questions and doubts they might have. Because it's understandable, you know, you want to uh, know what's best for your child and what's safe and what's not. So this is the, the, the book that will help do that. Mm. So I'm, I'm actually hoping that maybe in unfortunate light of... Uh, the uh, outbreaks of different uh, diseases like measles in Europe. There'll be more than one book like that coming out in different languages, not just Portuguese. So watch that space. It also talks about the history of vaccines uh, as well as the risks and um, how the vaccines work. So great stuff, great book. Like I said, very timely. And um, if you or somebody you know, who speak Portuguese, want to know more <laughs> inform- information, you should get it, definitely. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Now that you mentioned uh, vaccinations and vaccines, I'd like to uh, draw everyone's attention to something that has happened in uh, the European Commission. And I think it's a very forward-thinking, forward-looking kind of action that they have taken. Uh, there was something that was called, um, the at the end of April, there was something that was called the European Immunization Week. And um, the, the European Commission came up with a suit of actions um, that are intended to improve vaccination coverage across Europe. And uh, I don't know if you remember, but in September 2017, uh, the president of the commission, uh, President Juncker, did actually mention the the need for uh, for wide scale vaccination and vaccination to uh, for everyone across Europe. And I think it's worth reading up um, the part, this this section of his talk, which says, It is unacceptable that in 2017 there are still children dying of diseases that should long have been eradicated in Europe. Children in Romania or Italy must have the same access to measles vaccines as children in other European countries. No ifs, no buts. This is why we are working with all member states to support national vaccination efforts. Avoidable death must not occur in Europe. And I think that's very important that uh, the European Commission took on that. And the European Parliament seems to have adopted a resolution on vaccine hesitancy uh, as well, that they they urge uh, different the, the, the countries to... Um, to work on their vaccination schedules and uh, vaccination um, policies. Mm. So that's pretty good. And and why it's especially very important, because there are a couple of very bad news that have popped up their ugly heads recently. Pontus has covered uh, information on uh, how the measles is spreading in in Ukraine, and it's terrible. Mm. In the most recent week, an additional... 1,078 people wow. re- were reported to have wow. been affected by measles. Wow, uh, that that's uh, really uh, that's that's fucking a disgrace. How can that it happen? It is terrible. Yeah, today uh, it, 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 you know we've been so uh, you know we've been talking actually you can say that we've been talking about measles and the measles epidemic in Europe for years, but in Ukraine right now we see the worst thing that that uh, i could ever imagine in in europe i i yeah i almost don't believe it's true it's 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 yeah yeah terrible um and that means that since the beginning of the year the the, the overall number of people affected is close to fourteen thousand. wow oh my god and and we know that there are several deaths as well. I don't know if you have that statistics, but we know that there are several deaths in 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 Ukraine in two, 2018. Yeah, according to our break news today, uh, six children and two adults have yeah. have died yeah. during this time. Totally for no reason at all. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. So this action. Well, the only thing is that the European Commission has no jurisdiction in Ukraine, right? No, because course. Ukraine is not in the European Union. Uh, well, the European Commission has no jurisdiction anywhere, for that matter. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, but let's not get into that just now. There is even even more uh, bad news, because apparently it's not only Ukraine that has been affected. 
because additional cases in the in the measles outbreak in the city of Tortosa in Spain, Catalonia, uh, have been reported as well. Ah. Two additional cases have been reported. Uh, that means it's a it's a small outbreak. It must be possible to contain for that for now. It's an outbreak of 13 cases. But uh, still, yeah. uh, referring back to what Juncker said, it should have been eradicated by now. Yeah. It so have. it's um, it's 13 cases. It's exactly 13 too many. Yeah. Yeah. And I can, I can add to, to this as well, because we've had a couple of... Uh, cases in sweden as well there was uh, mm-hmm. two or three cases in in stockholm mm-hmm. pre- recently we i have talked about in, around gothenburg towards the end of last year there were were an, a smaller outbreak and i can add as well that uh, we have uh, news from the uk on the same same topic in the west midlands in the uk they have mm-hmm. recently had over 100 cases of measles <laughs> originating from uh, birmingham and solihull uh, the situation has become uh, so bad now. So the the NHS, which is the National Health Service, and the P- PHE, which is the Public Health England, they have issued a joint statement where they are asking all parents to get their children vaccinated in in the in the West Midlands. Uh, P- PHE has also written to all West Midlands GPs, general protect- practitioners, asking them to be alert for the the symptoms of measles and to look out for opportunities to make sure that all adults and children all adults and all children have received the two recommended doses of vaccine isn't this scary yeah it is i mean it's it's so simple you just go through your vaccination schedule as it should be done and and then you don't have to worry yeah and now we are constantly on the lookout and and we are watching our backs whether this um, ugly disease jumps on us from from somewhere we don't even expect it. Yeah. No, the situation hasn't been this bad for several decades. Yeah. Exactly. It's it's like we're going back to pre-vaccination era almost. Yeah. It's crazy. So this is why national health services and even science advisory councils on that kind of science science policy makers have to step up and have their voices heard. Mm. And this is what I can report from Hungary. That's what the Hungarian Academy of Sciences finally took upon, the fight against pseudoscience. Wow. Well, better late than never. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but they have given good uh, statements in the past, so I think they're yeah, probably... regarding homeopathy, it has happened, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah right. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, there are terrible issues to, to tackle throughout the country. Um, there are two, at least two universities where uh, pseudoscientific um, alternative medicinal practices are being taught. But now they seem to speak up about those as well. So what they did was they put together a website. The president of the Hungarian Academy of Sciences, who's a mathematician, his name is uh, Laszlo Lovas, he announced that they would be launching, uh, and they already have since then, a website that is called tudomány.hu, which tudomány means science in Hungarian. Mm-hmm. So it's basically science.hu. And 
the the articles that can be found there are uh, related to um, alternative medicine and what science have to to say about them. So this is this is I think a pretty good approach. Uh, it can be argued, and it is argued by many, that it is not necessarily the most efficient way of uh, of arguing against pseudoscientific ideas because people who are believers in the, in the, in these uh, will not accept any criticism right mm. but i think it's it's an important first step it's not it's not sufficient it's not enough but it's it's a very good first step and uh, they went even further than that because they are now urging large scale reforms in education itself they have finally spoken up about the terrible situation in which the educational system of Hungary is in right now. Uh, All the textbooks, everything, the the curricula, are massively controlled by the government without any consultation with experts. Yeah, it is it is terrible. I've I've mentioned um, the universities where uh, pseudoscientific alternative medicinal practices are taught, um, and that is just the tip of the iceberg. Uh, what what I've I've mentioned, and they offered their help, so they have never been consulted when it came to uh, new educational guidelines or educational practices. But now they offered their help if uh, the government would consider making those changes, uh, starting the reforms. It's not going to happen, but um, it's a good thing that we know that the Academy of Sciences have finally uh, decided to to stand up for science and uh, critical thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Ezra Derns published a blog post recently on intravaginal manipulations by German osteopaths. New adventures? I was hoping to never see an article that was titled this. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, Agreed. but here we here we are discussing it on this show. No, it's um I didn't even know that this practice exists. But apparently it became somewhat unfortunately popular after the uh, case of Larry Nasser, who was a, a, an American um, doctor who was treat- treating very young athletes um, and he's been accused and charged with sexual assault and he's now in prison for life because of the sentence. I think it's like over 70 years or something, between 70 and 150 years. So this, this practice became unfortunately famous because of of him, this intravaginal manipulations. And osteopath society, American osteopath society, did confirm that apparently it's a legit practice that they do. (laughs) Bearing in mind that there is no evidence that it works. And if you try to look for evidence, you get, you know, hearsay. So the patients reporting something or the other and we all know about placebo effects i'm trying to understand and imagine and I, maybe i shouldn't though so this intravaginal manipulations are used for women who experience back pain and apparently some sort of reasoning if you if you do this procedure then the back pain you it will ease it's off. more it's more like a distraction right if <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i'm just trying to picture the women who go to the doctors they get this treatment and then the doctor asked them afterwards, do you feel better? Now, if you've been treated that way, 
I think you're more inclined to say, yes, it helped, just because of how terrible and invasive the treatment is. And you, you persuade yourself that you've gone through all this. It must, you must be feeling better. <laughs> I think you'd say anything to get out of the office of that osteopath. I know, but what's so really bad about this particular case that um, as Ernst is talking about is the, the fact that um, the, the German clinic that set up this trial to prove that these an intravaginal um, manipulations work, they recruited 46 patients, women, and they were all pregnant between 30 and 36 weeks of pregnancy, suffering with low back pain. They divided them in two groups. One received just osteopathic, uh, osteopathic treatment and another one intravaginal manipulation osteopathic treatment. So they were... Oh, I, I can't even... Okay, why would you sign up for this treatment in the first place? But never mind. Obviously, they did they did themselves. Hmm. But what he's saying is basically it's completely and utterly unethical. I mean, you don't have to spend that much time to 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 look for for any sort of uh, proof online whether this treatment works or not. There is nothing out there at all to to confirm or. That it's effective. So Edzard Ernst says that the organizers of the study should apologize to all the women and never repeat this study again. And, and apart from the fact that it's unethical, just the claims that they make have about why it would work make no medical sense whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Total nonsense. And I'm saying if I develop a lower back pain, I don't know what they want to do with me because I last time I checked, I don't have a vagina that they can manipulate. So I think it's very unfair as well. Well, uh, well you must have some kind of a hole that Yeah, yeah I've got good news for you, or maybe bad news. You still have another entrance that they can manipulate. But anyways. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. My back is fine. I've any osteopaths <laughs> listening to this show now so i just want to say for the record my my back is fine don't come home to me and try to manipulate me i'm fine <laughs> yes so there we go um but hopefully it's not gonna be that popular <laughs> yeah um maybe we should add as well that, that osteopathy or osteopaths they they uh, it's very closely related to chiropractic and, yes. and they claim yeah. that they can feel pulsations in the spinal fluid that cannot be detected by any instrument yeah. that cannot that doesn't have any explanation but they can feel it and that's one of the things that they base their so-called uh, treatments on yeah but the thing is that nobody including the osteopaths can explain how this manipulation would theoretically work yeah well, they don't have, you know, it's the usual thing. They don't have to prove it. They just know. Yeah. How, how would twisting somebody's spine or sp stretching somebody's muscle yeah. Yeah. would have an effect on, on certain things? Oh, yeah. They, they have no idea. Yeah. You know. Well, crazy. twisting somebody's spine, you can kill kill them with it. That's right. Well, yeah, it, it's on the, on so, the, on the, a little baby's dying. That's quite a significant change in someone's status. <laughs> So it has an effect. That's what it you're does saying. have an effect. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just just one more thing to add about the practice of osteopathy and chiropractic. Sometimes the trial and, and the error is a valid scientific approach to to generate ideas of of what we can work for certain treatments, mm -hmm. but only if proper tests are then done to confirm. Uh, yeah. But. Um, it is noted that in more than 120 years since chiropractic and osteopathy were invented, there is still no convincing evidence that either works. 
Yeah. Even for back pain. Never mind for anything else. Never mind in, in manipulating people's vaginas. Don't do that. And especially manipulating people's vaginas or, <laughs> or, or just examining them should be exclusively up to gynecologists. So no one else should be allowed to do that in a medical situation. Yeah. Ah. Uh, yeah. All right. Speaking of frauds. Yeah. Let's go on. Yeah. To a Swedish person. We believe it's a Swedish person because it's a little bit uncertain. Uh, he calls himself uh, Lars Andersson, which sounds very Swedish. He claims to be a researcher. But it's, it sounds a bit stereotypical, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, whoever he is, he claims to be a researcher of the renowned Karolinska Institute in Stockholm, which we have talked about before in both positive and negative ways, but it's a very prestigious institute. Uh, he, this uh, Lars Andersson, has published several articles in international papers about HPV vaccines and how they actually will cause cervical cancer rather than prevent it, as it's claimed. He says he's conducted research in Karolinska Institute uh, that shows this. So this news is now spreading across anti-vax sources on the internet. Uh, since, of course, they believe that vaccines are dangerous and uh, are big uh, part of the big pharma conspiracy. But the problem here is that uh, Karolinska Institute say that they have never heard of any researcher called Lars Andersson. <laughs> well. So this person uh, is a fake. His articles have, among other places, been published in a journal called Indian Journal of Medical Ethics, so you can wonder a little bit how how, how ethical <laughs> this person is. <laughs> the challenge now that Karolinska is facing is to, to track down this guy, Lars Andersson, to find out who he really is. Apparently fraud. This is very serious indeed. But I'm sure that all anti-vaxxers out there will only take this search for the man as proof of a, the conspiracy to, to suppress his views. Uh, someone who's telling the truth while Big Pharma is trying to silence him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Classic. In the meanwhile, the totally ungrounded fear of a HPV vaccines will continue to spread. Mm -hmm. But that, it's interesting how this can happen. You know, really, this is outright fraud. Uh, he says he's been a researcher of Karolinska and they have never heard of him. And they don't even actually know who he is. It's He's just a name on a paper and yet i bet there are still people out there who believe him oh yeah and that's somewhat similar of a situation that uh the world had with uh wakefield right andrew wakefield who, who, who andrew wakefield who who is a fraud he he used to be a genuine doctor but his research was fraudulent he fabricated data for god's sake Yes. And still. Uh, yeah, and for people who are not aware, he published a paper in The Lancet in the late 19, 1990s. Yeah, 1998, I think. 1998, yeah. And, and in this paper, he claimed that he had found a link between the MMR vaccine and autism. And it turned out later on that not only was it a very, very small uh, study that he made, it was also uh, faked and fraudulent and very unethical in many different ways. But... It took a long time to find that out, and in the in the meanwhile, this idea got hold 
uh, among the public. So a lot of people now have, think that there is a link between autism and the MMR vaccine, which there is not. Yeah. We have covered uh, on our podcast um, a drug, unproven cancer drug from that came from Latvia called Rigvir. And it's unfortunate spread uh, around Europe. Today's piece of news is not a good one because there has been some development in Slovenia to do with this drug as well. And um, it's been covered by Slovenian newspapers and they talk about a, a doctor, Gordana Kalan Živček, who is prescribing this drug, even though, as I mentioned before, there is no proof that this drug works. Luckily, she's being investigated, as we speak, by the medical board. And um, the, there is um, an outcry to say that, you know, that she cannot use the, the, this drug as it's unproven. But the problem is she set up her website and she's got, she's selling this drug through the website was is one of the ways uh, of, of doing it. And she's saying that, you know, as far as she's concerned, if she can get hold of the drug and um, it is legal in Latvia, she can sell it to patients. And the patients themselves, uh, themselves actually, when they do their research and they come to her asking for this drug, she, she's then able to prescribe it to them. It's a very pricey drug. So on her website, it costs 350 euros and you need to have 12 to 15 uh, ampules for the first three months. And then you have to buy one per month for, for about the next three years. So that's the treatment course. So in one ampule, one shot, or one dose, one dose is what costs 350 euros? 350 euros, yeah. Wow. So, so you can imagine. Oh my God. Yeah. So you can imagine. What, what, that's just burglary. What, what drives this, the whole shenanigans and um, a lot of doctors in Slovenia are against this practice that she's doing and they're trying to uh, appeal to her side of the yeah the oath the oath yeah <laughs> not to hurt <laughs> Hippocratic oath is what it's called but uh, I think uh, she might be driven by by something else entirely when she's prescribing this drug and uh, it's such a careless position to take especially considering that she is a doctor so um, and the, it's uh, very worrying that it is spreading um, beyond borders um, and becoming known in other countries as well. But um, so our friend, Austria Boisnice, who is um, campaigning against this drug and he, she's got a website set up for it and she's tirelessly on Twitter trying to spread yeah. good information. So um, yeah. she actually brought it to our attention. Thank you for that. And we've had her on the show as well. We have had her on the show. And there is, um, yeah, the, the, there is a lot going on and, and a few people involved in trying to stop this from spreading. It's just really hard, isn't it? People who are looking for alternative cancer to treatment, they'll they'll find it, whatever we do. So Yeah. But we Especially, just, you know, if you're told that, there's nothing you can do. We, we can do this, but we're not sure that it works. You will look for anything and you don't care at that point whether it's proven or not. You'll try anything. So it'll pay the 300 and whatever pop, pop, euros yeah. per, per dose for, for anything. Or you will go to Mexico, where I believe they also are um, using Rigvir quite a lot. And you just because it's, you know, it's that or not doing anything and. You take the chance, and yeah. but the problem is that it doesn't work. It's not proven, and the people who sell it to you get rich. Yeah, yeah, but it's just so easy to check what, what the studies are for the, for the drug, and there's no proof whatsoever. 
and um, obviously the it, it 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 was approved in Latvia, but it's not via legitimate channel channels as we discussed earlier. Yeah, anything can be approved in Latvia. Yeah, but that's ridiculous. That that uh, things can be approved, and that's in Latvia and Mexico. <laughs> that's only because people who who do the the approval that they they don't understand the whole thing, or they have been bought by. Yeah, the the industry. I, I, if I remember well, this was grandfathered in if, when they joined the EU. Yeah, yeah. Rigvir was already approved with the previous blah blah blah, so they was okay. We 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 won't stop it because it's it was approved before, mm. so they didn't never have had yeah. to prove that it worked. Yeah, nice. But anyway, yeah. we'll keep an eye on this development um, and I'm sure that the Austria will will also bring it to our attention if there's any more development in this area mm-hmm. but that's yeah. not good news for now I'm afraid no it's not however I've got good news oh yeah yay yeah in uh, the the legislative system of, of Hungary there's another very sh- new shining star the new government has been formed yeah. after the landslide election, uh, the landslide win of Viktor Orban. And he appointed a new human capacities minister. We have a ministry of human capacities, mind you, and that has two undersecretaries, the undersecretary of education and the undersecretary of health. Before the, the Orban government, both of them used to be different ministries. But uh, he doesn't seem to care that much about these issues. So, so, so now it's combined into one. It's called human capacities. It's called human capacities. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, I did mention to you the, the, the issues with education and that stuff, like the PISA surveys. Uh, we have been doing very, very badly uh, recently in, in the last 10, 15 years. Terribly. And it's um, becoming worse and worse. But now, the new minister, who sits on top of all these issues with health and education... He's a doctor, by the way, but he doesn't know shit. (laughs) And he seems to think that as long as you adhere to the Ten Commandments, you're okay. And that's the only way to live a proper life. The Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments in the Bible. And he even goes further than that. He said on one occasion, there are recordings proving that, that 70 to 80% of the deadly diseases can be avoided by adhering strictly to the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. By no- <laughs> okay. So uh, now half of the country is just laughing at him. I thought you said this was good news or you were just being ironic. Yeah. No, so so that's that's a new kind of low that that we have reached in Hungary. Yeah. And he keeps saying things like that. Yeah. So almost every day there is something coming out of his mouth that sounds even more and more ridiculous. He is actually the new minister of human entertainment then rather than the human <laughs> capacity. <laughs> <laughs> it might be the concept behind all this, yeah. Maybe, maybe, he, maybe he found his chicken. Oh fuck! Uh, I feel for you, uh, Andras. Thank you. Yeah. All right. So in in Hungary we have this situation with the uh, political situation. Uh, in other countries we have other things that we have to watch out for. One of those things is, uh, is uh, the Daily Express. 
Uh, they have gone out now and see that blackberries they prevent cancer, but not the phones. No, no, not the phone. Okay. The 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 actual berry. Uh, okay. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So you have to eat them. Yeah. The Daily Express is are going totally off the rails uh, in an article from from the 9th of May, claiming that you can prevent can- skin cancer or malignant melanoma by eating blackberries, and that's not the phone. Then it's it's the actual fruit mm. or or berries. Mm. In the headline of this article, they say straight out that just by adding 1.50 pounds worth of fruit to your breakfast, you will prevent melanoma. They base this claim on... Bollocks. Yeah, that's true. It is bollocks. But they base this claim on statements from a Professor Russell Mumper of uh, the University of Kentucky, who says that something called anthocyanins have antioxidant and anti-inflammatory properties and uh, they are present in blackberries ergo if you eat the blackberries you will not get cancer i wish it was that simple Uh, on twitter this has been beautifully challenged by dr alice you know dr alice she is of course none other than alice howarth she is uh, Mm -hmm. not uh, she's not only a cancer research but she's also a host of the skeptics with a k podcast which we all love and adore so going into what this is actually about because she's looking into this what what do they base these statements on and what does this uh, professor mumper base his statements on basically there is a very slight indication in the research that anthocyanins could slow down cancer growth in the lab mind you that doesn't say anything about eating uh, fruit containing uh, this substance. And if it has an effect, which we you know, cannot say for sure, it's only to slow the growth a little bit. It doesn't prevent anything. And even this is speculation, because there's no research published that is really peer-reviewed. Uh, and by the way... The researcher, uh, Russell Mumper, he happens to have a patent for generating extracts out of blackberries. So he may not be entirely unbiased. Mm-hmm. Yeah, But uh, that doesn't prevent the Daily Mail to go out with a big headline saying that if you eat blackberries, you will prevent cancer. Anthocyanins, it's a, it's a very intriguing um, group of molecules. Uh, you know what they, they are responsible for? No, not really. Except for preventing cancer, no. <laughs> no, they, they are found in many different berries and, um, and even flowers. They cause the red, purple and, or, or blue colors. Mm. And they are indicator type of molecules because they can indicate pH. Mm-hmm. And the, their color depends on the pH. So, so it's, this is a question of, of regulating the, the acidity of your body then. And uh, no, not really. No. I don't think that there is any high quality evidence uh, regarding the health effects of anthocyanins. And uh, the, the European Union has approved them for uh, coloring purposes in foods and beverages, but, but not as, as food additives. Yeah. Because they do not know the health effects if, it's, if it comes in large doses. No. So the claim is totally misguided. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm not saying... Maybe there's a slim chance that this is actually true, but if this is the case... The Daily Express has no reason to say so, because at the moment, we don't know. There's no reason to believe that that is the case. No, 
No, I think not. Mm. But they are very intriguing because they they color the dark blue, red, and black kind of berries. Colors are nice, but uh, may not prevent cancer. Yeah. That have been all the news items that we had for this week. Quite a collection. It is, right. A pretty long collection. So um, let's move on. So I'd like to ask you, Pontus, to tell us about who's been really wrong lately. Yes. Today's really wrong was actually sent in by a listener, Balash. Hungarian guy. Köszönjük szépen a hozzájárulá. Köszönöm, Balash. Very, thanks a lot. That was oh, very nice, nice of you. <laughs> <laughs> what, what he sent us uh, was an example of when you really sympathize with the sentiment behind something and then it just breaks down and you it breaks your heart because whoever's behind it totally fucks, up, fucks it up with pseudoscience. Oh, yeah. So we're talking about IKEA, of course, famous seller of flat boxes. They have conducted a study with GEMS, which is an international education company. And in a drive against bullying, which I totally sympathize with, you shouldn't bully people. Uh, they, they went on to make an experiment in a school or possibly more than one. It's a bit unclear. IKEA set up two plants on display over 30 days. Conditions were allegedly the same for both plants, watering and light, etc. But for one plant, they played a recording uh, with bullying phrases like you are ugly, nobody likes you, and are you even green? And other things to discourage this plant. Are you even green? Yeah. For the other plant, they played encouraging phrases like uh, how nice you look today and things like that. And you you very green. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, that's good for a plant. Do plants know English? I just want to know. That is one of the questions. Okay. So this was done in a public space at the school. So the students could pass them every day for the 30 days. And, <laughs> and they could even listen into the sounds played for each plant. Uh, the plant that was bullied did not develop very well, while the other one flourished. They then published a video, they being IKEA. I- IKEA published a video about the results, interviewing the students who have learned apparently that bullying is bad. That's true, I agree with that. But they have also learned, in quotation marks, uh, that plants are sensitive to human words, and especially English, then, in, <laughs> in this case. Oh. Uh, the, the, the video, actual video, which we will reluctantly link to, <laughs> uh, ends with a young girl, one of the, the students, saying, well, if it affects a plant, it can definitely uh, affect other people. So close for being a good thing, and such a failure, yeah. uh, in my opinion. Yeah. So th- this is a variant of si- of sil- similar myths that pops up now and, and again. Uh, perhaps uh, most famous was a Japanese author and researcher called Masaru Emoto, who died in 2014. He claimed that water could remember emotions. Other people have picked up on this idea. I mean, we have our friend Gwyneth Paltrow. Uh, she has, uh, uh, among all the things she sells, 
she sells. There is uh, a crystal that has been exposed to, to classical or good music, which is then supposed to to give uh, give good vibes into this uh, crystal. Does she recommend putting it into your vagina? Probably, but I'm not. Because that's I, that's her thing. I, I I I think that you know putting stuff up there. Yeah, yeah. I don't know <laughs> if she she what she you know want you to do with the plants from IKEA. There was also, uh, people are probably aware of the American show Mythbusters, and they had an episode where they played different kinds of music for plants. Mm. And interestingly, in their experiments, they had several different groups with different kinds of music, and all of them did better than the control group, which had no music at all. But mm. I mean, but it was one experiment, and you, 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 even they would probably agree that you have to do more than one experiment before you know uh, what, what's going on. Yeah, more research is needed, like in in the yeah. case of homeopathy, right? Yeah, but in this case, in IKEA's <laughs> case, they only had two plants. Okay, one plant was the control, and one plant was the bullied plant. <laughs> You know, statistically, one will do better than the other. That's just how it works. me, dear, the bullet plant. It's a brilliantly thought out experiment, I, I should say. Yeah. <laughs> or, as I would call it, utter baloney. <laughs> it's totally wrong. Oh yeah. My well, gosh. I should say it's not necessarily the way to teach children how science works. No. Exactly. It was a total failure for teaching out science. It was very, very, I mean... Very bad example. (laughs) But I I, I do, the the original sentiment was quite fine, of course. You want to teach pupils or students that it's wrong to bully others. But this is not the way to do it. This is absolutely wrong. Because what people will remember, or what they will remember from this, is that plants understand English and you should talk nicely to them or they will (laughs) die. And that is, of course... Other nonsense. So despite their good intentions, IKEA gets today's prize for being really wrong. You know, I don't think they're the first ones no. to talk to plants or play plants music and stuff. No, no. It's been done before, but it's still still bullshit. <laughs> so my twin sister, she's very much into this kind of stuff. And uh, growing up, I had to endure a couple of her experiments of this kind. That she she read something and then she decided to go for it, watering different seeds and and seeing how they start budding and that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's just it's it's been around for a long, long time. You know, the, in the, as far as I could tell, and there were in this video that you can hear what the what kind of recordings they're playing to these plants. So mm. there's no. Cha- there's no difference in the the intonation or anything mm-hmm. in in, the, in what's said so the, the the question is really the plants have to understand the meaning of the words yeah. for this to work and that is so implausible that you would have to if you would play heavy metal rock and roll to one and classical music to another you could sort of argue that well there are different kinds of sounds but in this case it's actually up to the plants to understand english for this to work yeah there's no words to understand oh oh, you could argue that it's the intonations yeah Mm, but but it wasn't because you listen to this it wasn't really (laughs) Mm, yeah Uh, yeah so um what i don't get about this 
is everyone is very welcome to teach children not to bully each other, mm. right? We agree on that. Yeah. But psychology already offers a lot of explanations and examples as to why that shouldn't be the case. I mean, bullying other people. Why do you have to turn to something completely unrelated to prove your point? Yeah, unless you want to make, you know, you want to tie it to Ikea and they... they get some sort of PR thing out of it. Yeah, but it's such a weak PR thing. Like, even plants are sensitive to this. Oh, come on. But in the video, it's quite apparent. It's a lot of IKEA there. They show how they pick the plants out of the IKEA warehouse, etc. That's that's what it's well, all about. Well, that's that's yeah. the marketing ploy. Yeah, but pe- it's people, a marketing ploy. People point. like a good story. People like a good metaphor. You know, so it's all about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But that's that's right. It is a good story, which means this will not go away. This will be quoted and believed by lots of people going forward. Exactly. It's a good thing you picked them and gave them the prize. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much, Pontus. All right. Thank you. Now it's about time we ended the show. But first, we have to have a nice quote to end it on. So, Yelena? Would you mind hitting us with one? Make sure it's a nice one so we don't, you know, wither away and die like a plant from Ikea. Oh my god. All right. Science makes people reach selflessly for truth and objectivity. It teaches people to accept reality with wonder and admiration, not to mention the deep awe and joy that the natural order of things brings to the true scientists. And this was the quote from Lisa Meitner, who was an Austrian-Swedish physicist. Nice. Good quote. Thank you very much, Jelena. Good quote, Jelena. Very good. <gasps> yes. Thank you, guys. And indeed, thanks very much to both of you. Thanks. For joining me today. Thank you. And until next week, goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. This has been your ESP experience. The show is produced and recorded by the ESP.eu. Join us again next time, but until then, please send your feedback, comments or death threats to info at the ESP.eu. We would also love to hear your ideas and suggestions regarding future episodes, as well as news from your country of residence that might interest others across the continent. If you have a local event or organization to promote, please don't hesitate to let us know as we are more than happy to help. All music in the program was written and performed by Kisha J. Gray and George Schraub and is used with their permission. Please check out our webpage at www.theesp.eu, follow us on Twitter at espodcast underscore eu and like us on Facebook. I don't know how you can believe An independent weekly show in support of European level actions within the Smectical. Yep. That's. And he's probably the only one, anyway, who is sitting around waiting for our episode to be released. So. There's always incredulous to, to, to compare with. And compared to Andy Wilson, we are on time <laughs> every week. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
Wakey wakey. I know. <laughs> wakey wakefield. Wakey wakefield. Antioxidant and anti-inflammatory. Uh oh. Bontus has gone to the dark side. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. The dark side of the blackberry. No, no, your your voice has gone to the dark side. Oh shit! Pumpkin. Shit! Yeah, it sounds funny, but I'm okay with that. I can try to pick topic list, and then maybe it comes out fine with your end. No, this is worse. Okay. <laughs> okay, okay, I won't do that. Yes, I am. I'm recording on the Zoom, and the Zoom okay, is good, not good, connected good. to the computer, Hilaire. so it should be fine. Lisa Meitner, who was an Austrian-Swedish psychic. Psychic. Okay. Psychic. <laughs> 